0: to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. That is me. I'm so glad that we're going to have this hour together. We're going to talk about finding the right person with Dr. Bob Mueller. It's going to be a most interesting hour. And there's also um, just a heads up. If you uh, have any questions, uh, let me know. You can start sending them right away. 877-933-2484. 933-2484. So we're going to Start right away, Bob uh, Moeller has written a, a book with his wife Cheryl called The Six Hearts of Intimacy, Enjoying Deeper Love and Passion in Marriage. He also has a very vibrant ministry to singles, and it's um, he does retreats and seminars and all kinds of uh, uh, ministry in that with singles as well. So we're going to talk about that today. Bob, welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Bill.
0: So uh, finding the right person, that's uh, something that's on people's minds uh, from probably uh, high school.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Uh, Maybe even sooner. Well, it's
0: it's sooner on the hearts of parents, that's for sure. They start praying for their kids when their kids are like six days old, that they'll meet the right person.
1: Sure. Yes, and I, I remember in college that we'd have late night sessions in the dormitory talking about Issues like is there a right person? Um, is there only one? Does God have more? You know, always, always interesting. I'm not sure we ever settled the issue. I don't know that anyone has definitively, but uh, yeah, it's a topic that uh, is of interest to many people.
0: And you look at marriage throughout uh, history, and you think, well, there was a time in the Middle East when you just were uh, a marriage was arranged for you. I know it still happens today in some cultures, but Back then, parents seemed to know what was best for their kids, and they would uh, arrange a marriage, and there you'd go.
1: You know, that still happens, and uh, I've known some people, uh, from, say from India and some other places where that's still practiced, and uh, they are quite happily married decades later. Um, you know, there is something apparently to be said for what our parents know about us and uh, who might who might work well with us. Um, it, my my thesis, our conviction on the matter is that in marriage, it's less important that you find the right person than than that you be the right person. Hmm. That's a
0: good way, a good place to start. Maybe we'll start right with that, um, Bob, talking about what are the steps to finding the right person?
1: Well, again, um, first of all, let me preface this by saying that God's will, I don't believe, is that every person be married, and if you're not, you have somehow missed God's will. Uh, Two prime examples would be Jesus and Paul, (laughs) who've done more to change the world than anyone else, and both were single. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just want to begin with that in mind. I don't want to be misunderstood in that regard. Um, But if you're looking for the right person and I might say the right type of person to clarify that. If you're looking for the right type of person to be married, how do you go about that, assuming that that's your desire? Um, what can you do? And as I said, the, the, the starting place is uh, to be the right person. Um, couples come to us all the time in our, in our ministry and say, I married the wrong person. And I say, well, how do you know that? Well, we don't get along. We've never been happy. We we don't seem compatible. And yet after going through a week of uh, what we call healing the heart and God working in their lives, the wrong person suddenly looks like the right person to Mm. them. And uh, a great transformation takes place. Um, But if we want to, let's say we're starting out or we're at a place where we'd like to find the right type of person or the right person to marry. It starts with who am I? Uh, am I the right person uh, that someone, the right type of person to be married to? I have this conviction, Bill, that like attracts like, that you can tell almost everything you need to know about a person by the friend that he or she keeps. Uh, We tend to have friends that reflect our values, our convictions, our character, our integrity. Um, We tend to have people for close friends that are a lot like us. And so if we are looking for someone with, you know, a a number of of really uh, virtuous, admirable traits that they'd be kind, compassionate, faithful, honest, uh, sacrificial, you have to start by asking the question, um, am I that way? Because if I'm not that way or if I need to grow in those areas, it's it's somewhat unlikely that I will attract someone with those features when I don't possess them myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I just married a couple over the weekend, a beautiful wedding, um, where for seven days, the bride presented the groom at the altar as I was marrying them with a book, and he unwrapped it, and it was her prayers for the last seven years of the type of person that she wanted um, that she was praying that God might bring to her. And she said she had no idea if she ever would get married, but if she would, this is who she wanted. And, and she had a, a book with very thoughtful, very deep and, and really quite amazing. I've never seen anything like it, but I, I can tell from having worked with the couple that, that, um, she was as earnest about being the right person for some man to find as she was about finding the right individual. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's any mistake they found each other. And that they knew even after a few weeks that they were meant for each other. Mm -hmm. And she's been trying to become the right person and I believe she found the right person, the right type of person. Um, You know, some of us, and I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking to some individuals today that are frustrated at this point, Maybe you've experienced adversity, affliction, and your quest for a lifelong, fulfilling relationship with other other people. And, um, you know, the Bible says that if we really cry out for God to give us wisdom, He will answer us. I, I like what Isaiah thirty twenty to 21 says. Um, uh, how gracious God will be when you cry for help. As soon as He hears, He'll answer you. Although the Lord give you the bread of adversity, the water of affliction. Your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or left, your ears will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I have found, Bill, that when I really want God to show me the way to walk in it, you know, whether it's in relationships or career or something else, God is faithful. Uh, You will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Um. Proverbs 2 says, If you call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding, if you search for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. So, as a general principle, I think we have to come to God and say, "I, I want this. I want the right path for my life, first and foremost. And if it be your will that I find someone else who's also seeking that right path. And so I think it starts with what is your heart's desire? Mm -hmm. What are you really serious about? And then I think there's some practical steps. These are not guaranteed steps. This is not an infomercial, where if you do this, this and that, plus send me your credit card information, (laughs) you're going to get uh, all of this plus uh, something that slices and dices uh, vegetables. Um, Now, these are principles which um, eh, there's a difference between uh, prescriptive and descriptive principles in, in Scripture. Prescriptive means if you do exactly this, that will happen. Descriptive principles are if you follow this generally, this is what results. And the book of Proverbs is an example of that. Those are descriptive principles for the most part. Well, here's my first one. Um, if we're feeling stuck in our relationships, whether married or single, and we really, let's say we're single, we want to find the right person. I think the first step is we need to get right with God in in our personal lives. If I find my stuck self stuck in my finances as a, an adult, or maybe I find myself stuck in my role as a father, not feeling very effective, or a spouse, or Maybe in a single, I, I've been through a lot of frustrating relationships. Maybe one step that can be taken is to just make sure that we're right with God in our lives. Um, Acts 3.19 and 20 says, Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, The times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Christ who is appointed for you, even Jesus. You know, if we're looking for a season of refreshing, in our lives, uh, which we all need from time to time, the place is to begin turning to God and um, saying, thy will be done. Uh, You know, Bill, I think that, well, it was George Mueller, uh, the man who had 10,000 orphans in Britain that he he helped provide for in the 19th century, who said 90% of the will of God is agreeing to it before you know what it is. Um, It's submitting to God, whatever his will is, that that's when we discover his will, is when we go, okay, God, I am submitting to this. I am agreeing to it in advance. It doesn't have to be what I want or how I want it or when I want it. I'm just agreeing, whatever your will is, I'm willing to submit to that. If you will show it to me, Mm -hmm. um, I will do that. And I think that is, you know, it uh, resonates with Jesus' prayer in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane. Um, Not my will, but thy will be done, Mm -hmm. O Lord. Um, And so I found at major crossroads in my life, whether it be in relationships or other things, the question is, am I willing to submit to the will of God in advance? Because if I'm not, why should he show me what it is? Great point. Um, Why should he lead me if I'm going to go, no, don't think so, Um, maybe later. So becoming the right person means I'm willing to submit my life to the will of God, whatever it is, if he will just reveal it to me.
0: Yeah. All right, Bob, let me take a little break, and then I just want to make sure we're talking to the right target audience. We're talking to really people who are single. They might be single because they're never married, or they might be single because they've uh, gone through a divorce. Or they might be single because they're a widow or widower. Does that sound right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's terrific. Dr. Bob Moeller is my guest. We'll take a short break. Let me know if you have a question or comment. 877 933 2484. Welcome back. We're with Dr. Bob Moller, talking about finding the right person. And Bob, I so appreciate that you've started off by saying we need to certainly um, be right with God. That's an important part of any relationship. And who your friends are is going to be a strong reflection of the kind of person you probably are.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I want to apply this now. Uh, more specifically to people, singles that may be looking to get married, desiring to. Um, I don't know if I've shared this on my on the program with you before, but my wife was engaged to be married before I met her. Um, she had been dating someone three or four years in college. Uh, they set the wedding. They were three weeks from it. And um, some friends came to her and said, you know, your fiance is not who he says he is. Uh he's doing this, he's doing that, whatever, and she went and confronted him, and he admitted that they were right, and she broke off the engagement, she gave the ring back, you know cancelled the reservations, had to send out notices to the guests that there was no wedding. That was really hard and then she had to say, "Well, God, what do you want me to do? this is <laughs> I didn't see this coming. you know well I don't get it. What's your plan for my life?" And, He just urged her to go on to more school, particularly to the seminary uh, to become a Christian educator, Christian education degree. And so rather than getting married and starting married life that summer, by August, she traveled to a seminary and uh, enrolled in the Master of Religious Arts program. And on the second day of school, she walked past me in the hallway (laughs) with two other girls. And I was smitten i was i was just gone i looked at her and i i couldn't believe there was anyone so pretty and uh she immediately started dating another guy and uh it got swept up two days after i had seen her <clears throat> but i wasn't worried because i knew he was a loser and <laughs> and, uh, you know and sooner or later she'd come around
2: mm.
1: well um <clears throat> actually uh, it took two months but a friend came up to me one day and said did you know Cheryl's breaking up with her boyfriend at 5.30 on Friday. And I said, no, I didn't know that, but I do now. Well, what I'm trying to say is I think the reason that we're married is that uh, Cheryl took a step of obedience in her life. Uh, When she learned about all that was going on, she could have bowed to the pressure of friends, family, culture, and said, I can't break this off. There's trains too far down the tracks, but she did and, and, uh, just trusted God for what was next in her life. And by her own admission, rededicated her life to God and, and just got right with him in a number of of areas. And so I, I do really believe that sometimes the impediment that's in the way between us and maybe that relationship we're seeking sometimes is God saying, but first I need to work in you. Yeah, First, I need you. you. You want this type of person. Let me help you become this right type of person. You want a, a, a committed believer for a husband or wife. You want somebody who's going to provide spiritual leadership or support or whatever. Well, first, let's deal with the issues in your life that need to be dealt with. And I think so often that getting right with God, not as a bargaining to, okay, Lord, if I get right with you, then you're going to bring me a husband or wife. I, God doesn't do that type of thing. But we get right because that's what we're called to do, regardless of our marital status or God's future for us. But very, very important step. Maybe I didn't say this to the listeners today, uh, Bill, but Cheryl and I have had a ministry called MSG, no no additives, just the gospel and friendship for 10 years, we probably had 100 single events once a month, averaging anywhere from 35 to sometimes 95 adult singles, 40 and over. And over the 10 years, we weren't particularly paying attention to this, but it just started to emerge. Those individuals that had desired to get married but had been frustrated and whatever, it took certain steps in their life that's that ended up with them meeting someone. Now, again, this is not a guarantee. It's just a pattern that we saw. And one of them was that they'd come to us and say, you know, I have not been serious about my faith. I have not really been following Jesus, regardless of what he has for me. I want to to start there. I really want to get back on the road to discipleship. The second thing that happens, the second step, if you will, is to break off all immoral relationships. Um, immorality in the church today, sadly, is rampant. Um, I don't know, I read different figures, anywhere from 60 to 80 percent of men who go to church have viewed pornography in the last month. Um, Two thirds of those who call themselves conservative Christians live together um, prior to marriage. Um, there's all sorts of statistics. Uh, the University of Chicago documented this, that statistically speaking, the behavior of those who call themselves conservative Christians, at least the ones they identified that way, I'm not sure exactly what they meant by that, um, mirrors the society as a whole, that statistically they said in many cases there's no difference. And we have seen this in working with our adult singles, that there's casual sex, there's living together, there's real pornography problems. I had one a single man tell me I don't want to get married. I don't think it could ever be as good as what I'm seeing on my computer. Could never be as satisfying as what I watch. And I don't believe that we're in a place where God can bring someone the type of person we want um, if we're involved in immoral relationships. Uh, it just seems to fog our reasoning, our thinking. It just seems to obscure our values. It, it just puts some type of barrier in our lives. First Corinthians six eighteen to 20 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And they it may be coincidental, may be statistical anomalies—but those adult singles who who said, "I'm done living this lifestyle of of casual immorality," in some cases, open immorality. I, I want to live a life of purity. Um, I want to to walk as Jesus would walk. It, it, somehow, things started to move in their life. Things started to change. And if nothing else, you could just see the, the, the joy, the contentment, the sense of, of, of peace that came as, as they turned away from, you know, that lifestyle. Uh, third step, um, and I think this is one that gets so overlooked. Um, I don't hear much said about it in the church and discussed very often, but we see it as as, as a critical issue. Um, we need to ask God to bind up our broken hearts. Um, a lot of individuals, and I'll speak now to singles, which is one group we know well, uh, many have come from some very, very heartbreaking homes, um, some devastating experiences, some traumas. In some cases, they, that life has just beat them up In 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 some cases, and... And that's left some emotional damage, as well as spiritual damage. It's what the Bible calls a broken heart. Sin can break our heart, but so can pain. And pain is what other people have done to us uh, that we didn't sign up for. But the good news is, is that Jesus does want to heal our broken hearts. And with that comes a certain emotional healing, as well as spiritual, of course, but an emotional healing where we bind up our broken hearts, and he begins to resolve the pain in our life. And and Bill, some people, because of their pain, run from relationships, hide from relationships, bail out uh, when it gets too close, too personal. One single man I talked to said, uh, I've been engaged three times. And I said, really, well, what happened? He said, I broke them all off. Do you think I have a problem? Well, I, I don't know for sure. But it does seem like he's the common denominator in, in three broken engagements, and you know there was just hurt in his life, and he was using alcohol to to try and self-medicate that. And I don't judge people; we're not to judge people, but we can judge behavior, and, and that behavior was holding him back. And I think if we've grown up with rejection, if we've grown up with perfectionism, if we've grown up with a dominating, hostile parent. If we've grown up with some in, in an emotionally detached environment, or or you know where the uh, the parents were self focused, or there was abandonment issues, that's going to take its toll, and it's going to 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 in some cases make us fearful of relationships, or reluctant, or to approach them sometimes in an unhealthy way, if not avoid them altogether. So emotional healing is critical. Yeah.
0: Bob, we're going to have to take a little break, but we'll be right back with Dr. Bob Muller talking about finding the right person. Let me know if you have a question or a comment, 877-933-2484. You can also head over to their website, which is 4keepsministries.com. I think he does it. Bob, do you do almost a um, weekly, monthly singles online event? We'll talk about that when we come back. show, Dr. Bob Moller our guests. and right before we went to break, Bob, I was mentioning you do a, a monthly online for singles?
1: Uh, we actually do weekly. Weekly, okay. Sunday nights? It's Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. Okay. And we call it What About It, Bob? And um, it's uh, people... Are people, people nice who- to you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a very well-mannered group. Oh, good. Okay. It's... Uh, it's uh, single adults, and it's grown, you know, out of our Chicago area. Actually, some other states, you know, sometimes get involved. Nice. And people, and uh, you go to our website, fourkeepsministries dot com, dot com, yep. and you can find the Zoom code. Oh, nice. That we use. We have certain rules about that and whatever for yeah. it, but. Um, we we take questions. People can send in written questions. I try and answer them from a biblical perspective, and we go for about an hour and a half each Sunday night.
0: Nice, nice. All right, let's get back to some of the steps to becoming the right person. I, I think we last left off on just binding up broken hearts. So many people have baggage that need to be bound up from past trauma and relationships, and that's a very serious matter, but God is open to and willing and wants to heal that broken heart.
1: Oh, We see that all the time, and uh, it's it's amazing. We work with singles as well as, you know, married couples, and um, we've just seen some very dramatic changes in people's lives. The reason, Bill, is that pain can lead us into sin. Uh, It's not a sin to have pain, but sometimes it sets us up, you know, to go into various things because of our hurt. Uh, the devil says, "Here's a way of self-medicating this. Why don't you try it?" And that goes all the way from, you know, uh, pornography to uh, atheism to whatever else, you know, bitterness toward God. But when the pain gets resolved, it's interesting how, how sometimes people find freedom from sin as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: maybe uh, and, and, well, go ahead. No, I was, that's just what I was going to say. No. Some, it's not. We call it an explanation, not an excuse.
0: Oh, I like that. Maybe you would speak to the need to go to God for healing, not another person to fix or complete us.
1: Oh, that's so true. Um, I, we really can't fix each other. We can care about each other. We can love each other, but only God can fix us. Anyone who's seeking a relationship or marriage to fix them is uh, everybody's going to end up at Heartbreak Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, in, uh, it's it's going. Everyone's going to end up being hurt. I can't, only Jesus can fix the pain that's in my heart, uh, the broken heart. Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, referring to Jesus. To preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives. Um, We don't get married to become each other's therapists. Uh, That's that's not a good idea. But Jesus uh, can use us in our spouse's life or in our friend's life. But he ultimately is the one that will resolve uh, that, that pain, that damage that has been there maybe um, for years, maybe for decades. And when that happens, an unusual, amazing, uh, somewhat unsuspecting, I mean, what happens is that when he heals that pain, suddenly our relationships are transformed often. As, as we begin to open our hearts to trust, to intimacy, as we begin to be more unselfish, as we begin to see each other in a different light. And that often leads to, you know, restored marriages or in the case of singles, finding somebody that they can really connect with because now their heart is connectable.
2: Mm,
0: interesting. Yeah. It's just like whenever you're now, trying to hook up a new Bluetooth device, you have to say to your computer, I have to make it discoverable. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. It's it's not that it's automatically going to happen, but now you're in a place where it can happen, mm-hmm. where, where before the emotional clutter and damage that built walls around your heart. Um, you know, people have studied this. Even secular uh, psychiatrists and others have studied this, and um, particularly uh, singles, and they found, they did their study among adult singles and found that 25% of them were avoidant meaning they avoided relationships. When they got too close, they found a way to get out. No matter how good, kind, lovely, pretty the person was, handsome. Number, they found another 25% were anxious, meaning that they were just so nervous about being liked or being in a relationship that it, it, it just hindered them and drove them away. And half were were secure as they defined it. They were open to being able to give and receive love. Now, I don't know how accurate those figures are, but when we are avoidant or when we are anxious, I do know it's going to make it more difficult to get into a committed, lifelong relationship. The the, the studies say that one way or another, it will somehow not happen or become sabotaged. So it's possible to give up our avoidance and our anxiety, but the issue is in the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, then final step. Um we need to actively give ourselves to serving Christ uh, with the gifts and talents he's given each of us. First Peter four ten, each of one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administrating, uh, administering God's grace in all its various forms. And, and this is a very practical step bill, because let's say I really want to meet the right person who's this, this, and that. Well, Serving Christ with your talents in a church, in a ministry, outside, serving Him in some sacrificial way, following the example of Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve, you bump into people that have the same motivation, the same desire to serve in an unselfish way. And wow, what an incredible opportunity! to match with somebody, you know, that, that, that e-harmony or Christian tingles or anything else could never do for you. Okay. Is that while I'm serving and I've met someone else with a servant's heart, isn't this amazing? We have so much in common already. Let me tell you a quick story. It's about actually a couple from Minneapolis that, uh, we know and, and treasure as, as dear friends. They were both single in their thirties, both in the medical field. And, um, they both decided to, uh, serve in Africa. He had been raised in Africa. His parents were missionaries there and his father was actually martyred in a, in a, in a, in a political rebellion that occurred there when he was just 12. He was shot actually in that rebellion, but, uh, he went back to serve as a medical doctor in that same area. And, uh, this, this, this 30 something later thirties woman decided she would go as a nurse, and serve with her denomination who had a, a work in this particular country. And people said, but, but if you do that, you're never going to get married. And she just said, well, maybe, but God knows my address. That was her reply. God knows my address. And she went over there, and at a medical conference, they met each other. And uh, they were both had a heart for the same work, uh, the same nation. They both had a same... A calling, and have had an incredible life together. And I met my wife because I went to seminary to where there were 500 single men and only 50 single women. Uh, each time a, a good-looking, uh, you know, a woman walked across campus, she had 10 men following her like a pack of, you know, <laughs> Kentucky hound dogs. <clears throat> you know, they were on the trail. But I went there because God called me there. And Cheryl went there after her broken engagement because God called her there. And both of us felt called to serve the church. And, you know, we've been married 41 years as of this last June. We were married in Minneapolis. And um, in 41 years, we have never, we've, we've had struggles. We've had this, the heartache, disappointment. We've had the whole gamut of things happen to us. But we've never questioned whether we should be serving God's people. I'm not seriously, not for very long. Mm-hmm. It's what brought us together.
0: Wow. That's awesome. So, do you want to take a few questions, or do you want to move yes. on with, you know, start. what what can we expect, or where do you want to go?
1: Well, let me, if there are more questions, I, I love to do that. And, um, by the way, we do have, if I can say this, we do have a, um online marriage program now twice a week um, on the total living network Uh, comes out of Chicago called marriage for better for worse it's at tln.com on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. and Thursday mornings at 11 a.m. tln.com at those times people can watch it you can send questions we'll try and answer that yeah Um, but what can we expect if we take these four steps well I can't promise you again Uh, in infomercial style that you will then meet uh, the person that you've been praying for waiting. But I can say this, you'll be more contented with your life just as it is. I I think I can promise you contentment. If we are right with God, if we're living lives of purity, if, if there's been significant healing in our hearts, if we're serving, the worst that can happen to us is that we'll be contented in that, as we should be. Paul said he learned in all situations to be content, and I think that's God's will for us. Number two, I think we'll be able to see much more clearly and much sooner if someone is right or wrong for us. You know, one of the things I hear from singles is, I dated him or her for six months and discovered this, or, you know, found out that, and, you know, what a waste of time, or I'm sorry that I did, or whatever. Well, you know, you can't always short-circuit that discovery process, but I think if you are right with God, living a life of purity, with emotional health, growing and developing in your life, serving God, I think you're going to see sooner whether or not this is this is something you should, you know, be wary of. You know, you, you don't need to go to Yelp and read their reviews, um, necessarily. Um, you, you'll begin to sense this. Something seems wrong with their walk with God. They seem willing to to blur the lines when it comes to purity. They seem to have these emotional issues that erupt from time to time. I think third, we'll be attracted to spiritually and emotionally healthy people much more readily than we were in the past and they to us. I just think, again, it's radar relationships. We end up on the same wavelength as the people that we might be seeking. And I guess I can say this again, pr- we'll be positioned for God to bring someone to us who shares our values and deserves, desires to serve Christ. We at least will put us in a position where that could happen. You know, Bill, one of the things I do each summer is I come to Minnesota. I, I was raised in Richfield, Minnesota is my home. But I come to Minnesota to go fishing. I don't go to Illinois to go fishing, to Chicago. Around us, we have huge forest preserves with ponds hmm. and if you're lucky, you can pull out some sunfish or some some forsaken bass or something. But when I go to Lake Malak or Lake of the Woods, I put myself in a position to catch some really incredible uh walleye or northern or whatever else you know and and i go to the I go to the lake where the fish are that I would like to catch as opposed to the the ponds here in the Chicago area. And I position myself to do better at fishing. <laughs> Sometimes I still am not that great of a fisherman, but at least I'm in the right position. Mm-hmm. And that's all what I'm saying. And if I can, I want to add some words of caution about all this. Um, and that's just in general, if we're trying to, to to build healthier relationships or experience in our lives. If you skip any of these steps, it may take you on a detour. In other words, you skip the idea of getting right with God, but yet you're going to live in purity and get your emotional things straightened out well. Okay. Or, or, or you're willing to do three of the four or two of the three or one, you know, it, it may not work mm-hmm. as as it could. Um, As soon as you begin, expect things to go wrong. Um, Let me just say it. As soon as you try and change your life to move it into more in sync with what God and his word would have, expect things to go wrong. Um, Is that because God has failed you? No, it is because the devil's taken notice. Mm. And he's going to say, what? You're going to live a life of purity? You aren't going to be watching this stuff anymore? You're not going to be doing this on the weekend i will show you what 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 I'm going to do for, you know and and he'll make life miserable mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: and and he'll throw all sorts of things, and you'll wonder, wait a minute, did I get this all wrong i've I've got more trouble than what I started with no um that just simply means uh so, some Cheryl and I say this to each other once in a while. we say, you know things are so bad, we must be in the will of God. And sometimes things are so difficult that we must be in the will of God,
2: Yeah, because,
1: um, you know, Satan is—it's a spiritual battle, and he's going to want you to give up. Yeah. And the third caution is, you may lose friends along the way.
0: Yeah, good point. All right, Bob, let me take a little break. I've got questions stacked up, so we're going to have to talk fast when we come back. Dr. Bob Muller is my guest. We'll be right back. All right, I'm back with Dr. Bob Mueller and Bob. I got questions for you, so snappy questions, snappy answers. you ready?
1: <laughs> All right, this is the lightning round.
0: This is right? the lightning round. Yes uh, here's one. <laughs> I'm in a relationship with a young man that my family doesn't want me to marry. They are concerned about his lack of love for scripture. You may not be a true believer. I think he is a believer. I'm 24 years old. Do you think it is unwise for me to be in the relationship?
1: Well, I think it's unwise not to listen or pay attention to the people that love you. Doesn't mean they're always right, that they're infallible. But one of the things I have learned in life is to never make a major decision that people who love me and care about me, who have my best interests in mind, uh, are cautioning me about. It's, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but it is a really a good reason to pe- press the pause button and find out, is this guy the real deal? Real quickly, one test I tell singles to use is if he didn't know you, if you were not in love, if you were not dating, would would he still be the spiritual person he says he is? Would he still attend church on his own, study the scriptures, be in Bible study, be witness? Would he still do all this even if you weren't there? Or because you are there, he is mimicking some of these things. So listen to the people that love you before you make a big decision.
0: Thank you for that answer. There's another one. Uh, Would you talk about the place of romance in finding a mate and the scriptures to study in deciding the matter?
1: Well, uh, romance is essentially um, three things. Uh, Romance is um, connecting with our eyes. It is stirring one another's imagination with our words. And it's creating closeness through time alone together, spending time together alone, if you will. Those three things seem to be the basic elements of romance. God is the God of romance, uh, the Song of Solomon is all about romance and, uh, all you know that the connection that takes place, eyes are the window of the soul, um, uh, stirring one another with, with words, uh, our emotions, and then spending time in sort of this exclusive alone together to build intimacy. Now I'm not encouraging sexual intimacy by any means prior to marriage, but an emotional and spiritual intimacy. And, um, you know, it's, uh, God, uh, if you want to study that, uh, the Song of Solomon is just a, a, a beautiful um, uh, exposition of that.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you start the process of learning how to love others well, not yet married?
1: Um, yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, I, I believe in mentorship when it comes to relationships that the most I have ever learned that has benefited me in my relationships, I have learned through watching other believers, mature believers, godly believers, and how they pursue and interact in relationships. Now, obviously, God's Word lays out the, the, the design and blueprint, but to really um, uh, to really be able to put flesh and, and, and blood in it, to really be able to see how it works, uh, I believe God brings people into our life. So intentionally seek out individuals who have loving relationships uh, or are, is a loving person. Get to know that individual. Uh, talk to them. Listen to them. Watch them. If possible, be, be mentored by them. Uh, when Cheryl and I were newly married, we, had a, we were serving a church in South Minneapolis, uh, actually in the Powder Orange Park area and uh, for 5 years and there was an older couple 40 years 35 years older than us that had this dynamic wonderful marriage and they became like second parents to us and we just learned we were just hung out with them we just did life with them and i learned so incredibly much so if you're single you know seek out people that you know are loving they may be single or married and um, and let them both by example and by teaching mentor you in that way. I I think so much more is caught than taught sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, let's, another question. What does love look like in a marriage?
1: Well, um, love, you know, people have, have come, you know, tried to break that down. I mean, um, Willard Harley wrote a book, His Needs, Her Needs, It said for men's emotional needs, uh, for them to feel loved, they need uh, sexual fulfillment in a marriage, a recreational companion, uh, domestic tranquility, an attractive spouse, and admiration and respect. They said for a woman, it means affection, conversation, financial stability, family involvement, and honesty and openness. And so if you're getting very practical, those five things for each person is what uh love looks like. Ultimately, I believe love looks like Jesus in which um uh we sacrificially seek the well-being of another person that that their highest good becomes our highest desire and we attempt to live that out both in attitude and in actions. Um Love in marriage, Ephesians 5 says it's it's, uh, sacrificially loving your wife the way Christ loved the church and the wife respecting her husband, because men process love as respect as love, or love as respect. That's how they feel loved. So it has some very practical elements to it, but ultimately it is the unselfish heart that we see in the life of our Savior, who came not to be served, but to serve Um, who came to um, uh, never use his gifts or talents in any self-serving way, but only to bless the life of others.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, Bob, how do you protect yourself from being too picky with a future potential partner while still upholding God's values?
1: Um, It's a great idea. I have men tell me all the time, single men, I'm waiting for a perfect 10. And I'll say, and what number are you? And I'll go. Are you a ten? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a nine? <laughs> uh, give me your number first, okay? Um, you know, picky may mean I'm going to define that as being judgmental. I'm going to define that as being prideful. I'm going to define that as uh, being unaware of our own. I don't. I think it's wrong to be picky. I think it's wise to be prudent. And prudence is. Discerning uh, someone else's character, uh, discerning uh, someone else's um, relational sincerity with God and, and with you. You know, I, uh, the Bible tells us to be prudent. It says to be cautious in relationships uh, and rather than foolish and impulsive. So uh, picky probably would mean, am I expecting more of someone else than I expect of me? And I think if that's the case, you are being picky, and that's not healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's important to have this deep spiritual connection and the character of a person. But I do go back to you meeting Cheryl, and you got weak knees and butterflies.
1: Uh, yeah, cool. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I I I remember I was so in love with, uh, you know, a few months into our dating. I I told her that I I was, I I just fell in love at first sight. I said, what do you remember? And she goes, I don't even remember seeing you. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's a humbling moment.
1: Yeah, it isn't always, you know, uh, it doesn't always sink. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, with, with, with romance. God uses that, that attraction. What we call infatuation, which I call temporary insanity. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the infatuate. He uses that to to begin the conversation. Yeah, he begins that to open the book to the first chapter. Sure, but it's not the whole book. And you can't let it be that.
0: Bob, just give the web address for the, the singles gathering. You have Sunday nights for 90 minutes.
1: Uh, go to 4KeepsMinistries.com, dot com, and we will have the Zoom codes there for cool. you to enter. That's 8 to nine thirty p.m. Central.
0: Thank you so much, Bob. Always always like talking to you. Thank you for your, your wisdom and your willingness to come on the show. Thank you. And my best to Cheryl.
1: Yeah, thank you. you he sends her best to you as well.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Bob Moeller. has been my guest. You can go to 4 org to check that out. That wraps up our show for the day. I highly encourage you, if you missed any of the show and want to uh, hear what we did today on the program because you missed it, go to MyFaithRadio.com. You can hear anything you like, starting from the very beginning. I'll be up in just a few minutes. Have a great night, everyone, and just know that God's working on a great, great plan in your life, and He loves you very much. Much. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.